0: Alright guys, welcome back to Up in the Air. This is Season 2, Episode 1. We took a little hiatus. Season 2, Episode 1. Yeah. We're back after a week break. Yep. Jake had a great vacation. I almost tanned. You almost tanned. I yeah. burned the top of my feet, Nick.
1: You also burned the top
0: of your head. You know, that that was actually done before I went on vacation, because I forgot to put on sunscreen the weekend before I left, so I went to a beach vacation to already sunburn. Okay. Is that not the most Jake story you've ever heard? That makes a lot of sense, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, you have fun with that. Too. I did, yeah. That. Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah, you got some on your arms. I got some too. color.
0: Yeah, you got
1: some nice uh, farmer stand. Nice farmer stand you got going on. Uh, don't look at my legs; they're still very white. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, I might be a little blind right now from so, the brightness. From the brightness. Yes. Yeah, no. And from the bright lights, just as the Sixers were last night when they got shit on. Um, we're gonna talk about it, but a lot of NBA yeah. playoffs to catch it back up on. We've been gone for a week. Yeah. No. Or really two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. It. So we got a lot to catch up on, we had a nice little hiatus, but we let things develop in the sporting world that Jake and I are about to talk about, and we're excited to start this season two, episode one, of the Up in the Air podcast. So Jake, let's get right into
0: it, the Sixers. We're going to start with pure depression. What Um, happened? So what happened, James Strauss, is um, (laughs) what happened is the Sixers... Are who we thought they were, which is they were going to break our hearts again in devastating fashion. In another game 7. So we had, I don't, did we talk about James Harden game one? I don't remember no. when that happened. So James Harden game one, 45 points, probably the best playoff game he's ever had. He was unreal. They steal one in the garden, get blown out in game two, which pretty much everyone saw coming. They go down 2 1, and then they bounce back. Go up 3 2. Yep. They, yeah, they win another one in Boston. Uh huh. Go back home game six. I'm pretty sure they're up by. I don't know if they ever were up double digits in game six. I don't no, remember exactly. They were, but they were, up but they were right there the point. whole time. Yeah. Tatum hadn't scored a point in made a field goal in like I don't know thirty minutes or something like that. Uh-huh. He's playing awful. I mean, I, it was that's so game between games five and six. Jason Tatum didn't make a first half field goal in either of those games. Yeah. Or, yep. Right. So he's playing terrible. He's one of the best players in the world, humbly. In my yeah, Opinion, but yeah. it's also accurate. Mm-hmm. Um. So they 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 taken they squandered Game Six where Tatum's awful. Their offense looked stagnant for the last I don't know sixty minutes. The, the the entire fourth quarter of Game Six was atrocious to watch. Right, and that's a that was a little prelude
1: to what was going to eventually come in Game Seven in Boston. They were so bad. The final fourth quarter of Game Six in Philadelphia, and you have so much hype going into that game. You know, you could finish out your long-term rival at your home in an elimination game and go and play. A probably inferior Heat team. It's a favorable matchup. home court advantage throughout the entire Eastern Conference. Whoever won that series was going to have home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference finals. Probably have a shoe-in to represent the East in the NBA finals. And the 76ers had two chances. They had their game six elimination game in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. at home. They couldn't do nothing, like you said, in the fourth quarter. No offense to be found, None. and what we eventually found out was that was a pre- that was a prelude to how their offense performed in Game Seven, which was atrocious. And Jason Tatum had his coming out party in the playoffs, scoring the most points in a Game Seven in NBA playoff history.
0: Oh, it was in playoff history. I knew it was Celtics history, but it was playoff NBA, history. NBA playoff
1: history in, in a Game Seven. He was
0: unreal. Jason Tatum scored
1: fifty-one.
0: He was unreal. I mean, I mean that the fact that it's him. Jason Tate him? Yes. Um kind of stings too. Yeah, so he could have been a six 76er. This loss made me reflect on everything that happened post Sam Hinkie and like what Brian Colangelo did to the Sixers and what Daryl Morey has tried to fix but hasn't I mean he's been more successful than Hinkie was but in all reality not I mean not Hinkie, sorry, Colangelo. Mhm. But if you look back at the what they've done in these last like 6-7 years all the moves they made, they they go out and they draft Jalil Okafor the year after taking um, Embiid, which I don't remember who was in that class. It wasn't a historically great class, right. but I mean, not necessary. Look
1: at all the players that the 76ers could have had on their roster. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's Giannis,
0: Mikael Bridges. Well, they, um, that's the thing is they drafted Mikael Bridges. And they traded, traded him away. Him away. On His mom worked for the Sixers. Uh-huh. At the time, I think we've talked about this here before, but like it was a perfect pick for them. Imagine him. Being in the corner. It was a perfect fit. He's a perfect fit. He's a perfect fit for any team in the playoffs right now. Think yeah. about it. Imagine if Mikel Bridges was like on the Knicks or something. They yeah. would not be losing to the Heat. No, he, he's he's fantastic. Um, I wish they'd kept him. They traded for Zaire Smith who played like twenty games and then hasn't been back in the league. Uh-huh. They took Ben Simmons. That didn't work. Right. They had Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. They got they let Jimmy Butler walk, kept Ben Simmons. Paid Tobias Harrison Max contract, signed Al Horford. Meanwhile, they trade up to take Markel Fultz, where Jason Tatum was picked two picks after in the same pick they had. They miss out on Tatum. They could have Tatum, Butler. I mean, this is all hearsay. Everything dominoes fall differently. I mean, but right. if you look at it's mistake after mistake after mistake mistake. Well, you look mistake. at the
1: what-ifs ever since they drafted, well, the, like the process. Everyone talks about the process. And now that's become, that was Joel Embiid's. Matra. Matra, yeah. his nickname throughout the early twenty you know, twenty tens decade, throughout yeah. into now. Yeah. Twenty twenty three, the culmination of the process. Whereas Joel Embiid was drafted in twenty fourteen. Yep. Yeah. He was a year after they drafted someone in twenty thirteen. Meryl's Noel? Or was he after
0: Yeah, I don't I think he was thirteen. Or is Michael I think Michael Carter Williams was two thousand eleven. Okay. Whoever, it was, the yeah. it was the draft before Joel Embiid. I think this, that was Nerland's Noel because I think I think they took Noel, Embiid, Okafer, and they had all of them like back to back to back. Uh-huh. It's like they're all similar. Yeah, we don't need three seven footers. No, and obviously Joel Embiid panned out. But then you look at
1: all the drafts that they've had after that. In 20, 2014, they got Embiid. Twenty fifteen to through twenty sixteen, and twenty seventeen, they missed out on. Uh, you know, they got Ben Simmons, which everyone thought was huge. But, I mean, look at all these players that they missed. They missed Giannis. They missed Devin Booker. They missed. They got Mikel Bridges, but then mm-hmm. traded him away. Um, 13 was Michael Carter-Williams. Okay. All right. So, Michael Carter-Williams. It went Williams, Embiid, then Noel. Noel was 2015, wasn't he? Okafor was 15. Oh. Am I, thinking, I don't know
0: when they took New noel
1: Am I thinking New Orleans-Noel was, like, way
0: younger than he actually is? I think so. Some of these, like, these... I'm, like, looking at their draft history now. It's comical who they've drafted and, like, didn't retain. They they took... They had Drew Holiday. He became an all-star. Let him walk. Yep. He'd be pretty helpful. They drafted Nikola Vucevic. traded him on draft night. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> they had Jeremy Grant. He played for them for years. Let him walk. Let him walk, and yep. then he turned it on. Yep. Yeah, no, it's just... It's Yeah, it's depressing. I
1: mean, they draft...
0: You draft these players, right, yeah. who... Maybe you trade them away on draft day. Hey, they did draft Anate Takumpo in 2018. Costas. Mm. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you draft these players and you trade them
1: away and they become either superstars on other teams or significant role players. And I think what I'm trying to say here, Jake, is yep. that the 76ers did not have those role players. No. With
0: Going down the stretch. My biggest issue is they became... They tried to become the Rockets again. Right. The difference... They can't be the old Rockets of seventeen, sixteen, whenever Harden was at his peak, mm-hmm. whatever years those were. Embiid is their best player. He didn't look like it. He didn't play to it in Game Seven. Not even close. No. But he's their best player. The team should be built around him somehow. Mm-hmm. Instead, it still feels very Harden centric. And sometimes Embiid almost runs offense the way Harden does, and, and it bothers me. There's there's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of they don't back cut. They don't they don't reverse the. F- they don't like reverse the ball the other side of the floor. It's all, and when they do, that's when they play well. But there's so much like when they get when they're down and they they seem a little flustered. It's all pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. Try and to it, find an open man. It's just hard and it's right. just hard and Embiid or they'll just they'll get the ball to Embiid on the block or not on the block on the at the the free throw line mm-hmm. and he'll just sit there and just kind of like stand and pivot stand and pivot five six minutes. And then when they double him or, or they stop foul, him down, yeah, right. yeah, they fish for a foul. There's It, it becomes very frustrating, and it, it's. I think it's about time that the Sixers are done as constructed. Well, think about
1: it like this, Jake. The yeah. la- game 7 determined the future of the 76ers franchise, I think, because you had 48 minutes where it was like, okay, if we win this game, we have home court advantage in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Then people start talking about, all oh, the 76ers did it. They finally made it. Like, they can actually do something with this team. Yep. But now that they lost, and they're done for the season, James Harden's a free agent. Hallelujah. He's might be gone. Who knows? I hope he... I Doc River is in question right now. Yep. He, he, There's he, some good coaches
0: out there. Is Doc Rivers, Rivers going to be, you know, hanging around here? Did you hear what he said? They asked him about it afterwards. He goes, I tend to be here, but I know it's a business. They're like, will you be the coach next year? He's like, yeah, uh, I've got two years left on my contract. uh uh-huh. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that's a smart answer. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, you know he's been put into question, Joel Embiid. You know his his injury history. I know he just finally won his MVP, which was deserved. But is he going to be able to sustain that throughout the long stretch of the season? I mean, he's what 28, 29 now. Yeah, I mean he's still got time. But yes, you but have to build a team around him now, Daryl Morey. Yeah, you cannot waste any. You have you find. I mean, look at all these role players that you've you've started to develop into premium starters, Tyrese Maxey. You know
0: what I mean? Oh, yeah. Who else, Jake? I mean, Tobias Harris, I think he has one more year. Or is right. this his last year? I think he's done. But dependable people that you know can actually be clutch. That's what I feel like the 76ers lack is clutch. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I agree. Um, you ever heard of a guy named Jimmy Butler? Uh-huh. I mean, if he seems pretty clutch for the most part. If they had him, maybe. And what
1: sucks, too, is it <laughs> felt like
0: Jimmy Butler had fun. Oh, he in Philly. Him and Joel Embiid are like best friends. He uh-huh. loved it there. The only reason Jimmy Butler is not still a Philadelphia 76er is because of Ben Simmons. Yep. That's it. And I, I think at that time he might have had issues with Brett Brown too. But it was mostly Ben Simmons, and that he he was like, No. It was the same thing with Timberwolves. He's like, these guys don't have it. He saw something in Ben Simmons, was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. It turns out he was right. Turns out he was right. Yeah. And Ben Simmons, did you see Ben Simmons tried to
1: troll the 76ers? No. After they lost game 7 and Stephen A Smith of all people was like, "You can't fucking talk." What are you, what are you who, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, did he th- did. Think, I actually saw that. Who do you
0: think you are? It was just a screenshot of like the Celtics up by like 30. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's like, "Okay, yeah, You sure. literally just lost them. You, did just, you didn't even play in the series against them. You didn't play in the series against them and yeah. your team got swept. That was, so,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, was not, <laughs> it was not a good look for you, know. again. Um, yeah, so I mean there's the 76ers have problems. Yeah, they have lots of problems. The free agency class coming up isn't fantastic. But I mean there is people like I mean, like D'Angelo Russell's an unrestricted free agent, Jeremy Grant's an unrestricted free agent. Those are what I would love for them to do, and this is complete just like looking in the, looking forward, is Melton played great. Mm-hmm. I think you could have Maxie and Melton in the backcourt. Yeah. And bring in Jeremy Grant, I think that starting five would be more successful than what they had with Harden. I mean Maxie is just as good offensively, I I believe. Mm-hmm. At this point in their career, maybe not quite the the passer Harden is. I, it's hard to discredit the fact he's that he led the league young. in assists.
1: He's still young. He's 22. He's 22. Yeah. Tyrus Max,
0: he's fast, he's young, and he can get better if he has the playing time. You know? Yeah. yeah. I just think they they lacked the perimeter defense they needed. I like that they brought in Jaden McDaniels, but they didn't have... They didn't know how to guard Jason Tatum. There's only a handful of people that could, and I don't even know if it, if anyone is truly up to that task. Right. But paying Jeremy Grant $20, $25 million over the next three years each. I don't know. I mean, they still have P.J. Tucker, but I'm not a huge fan of P.J. Tucker. We're just we're hitting a weird spot where they're kind of in purgatory, but they're not. And I don't know how to... It's a frustrating time to be... It's almost like
1: Suns level of purgatory. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you have this top-heavy roster with no cap room. And and then you, you just fire your winningest coach since 2020... 2021?
0: Yeah, he has the most wins in the last three years. He has the years, most
1: wins yeah. in the last three years in the NBA, and you fire him, and he's probably going to be a buck now?
0: No. I mean, let's be real. That sucks. I know. Like, he's probably going to go to the bucks. The Sixers have to do something. The problem is now they don't have tradable assets. Nope. Harden's going to walk. They're going to get nothing from him. And they're going to be stuck at, like, a... I don't, I don't even know how to compare it. They're, they're, they're falling behind everyone else in the East, unless they make some moves. I don't know what those moves are going to be, and it's just... This felt like the time. And it's the same thing in twenty nineteen. That felt like the time. Yeah. They took a step back. They kind of recovered a little bit, but it's just I, I don't know where we're gonna go going forward from here. It's it's
1: it's a tough situation. Yeah. And we'll see what their front office can do in this offseason. Like you said, the the free agency period, the free agency class doesn't look that strong. Are they gonna retain James Harden? Do they want to retain James Harden? Is Doc Rivers
0: going to wake up one day and not be the coach? We'll see. That being said, Nick, we'll move on to the rest of the NBA. A really enticing matchup in the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers and the Nuggets. Um, the Lakers, I don't want to say they manhandled the Warriors, but they i mean—they looked like the better team. Even, even the games they lost, they looked like the better team. They were close games that they yeah. lost, yes. which is important. Yep. And the games that they won were statements. The Lakers have been the best team in the NBA since, is it the All-Star break, or since there's a specific move that they made, I don't remember the exact date, but they've been the best team in the NBA. Since the trade deadline. Since the trade deadline, deadline. there we go. When they got rid of Russ, when they brought in D'Lo, and they got rid of Pat Bev, Yep. and they brought in um, uh, Hachimura. Yeah, Ruri Hachimura's been very good, and Austin Reeves, they put him into a bigger role and he's thrived in it. He's thriving. LeBron's little white boy. Malik Malik Beasley's been pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the Nuggets look fantastic also. Um, they beat the Suns. I mean, it was six games, but they beat the Suns pretty handily, it felt like. they it was pretty handily. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's... Now, the Suns were short-handed. Chris Paul went out in game three, and he was missing for most of the series. I don't know what they do with DeAndre Ayton going forward, but he is not... He looks... He's not it. Buns this he, series. I mean, Jokic is one of... He might be the best player in the world, but he cooked him over and over... There was a game where Jokic had 50 points and 11 assists. He's a center. Uh-huh. I think he's the only center in NBA playoff history to do that. It's it's ridiculous what he was doing to Aiton, who was supposed to be... I mean, he got picked over Luka and and uh, yeah, Trey Young. Aiton was what? First overall? He was the first overall yeah. pick. He was picked over all these guys. Uh-huh.
1: That was um, 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. he was the first overall pick, Um, and he just hasn't panned out to be what he should be. And, you know, that is what it is. He hasn't been a bust, per se. He's had a pretty productive career, but he has not played up to a number one overall pick level. And he got cooked in the series. And if you're the Suns, you need someone that can... there's this. The big men in the NBA are coming back. They're making a renaissance, a resurgence. Look at the look at the conference finals in the West. Jokic and Davis might be the two best big men in the league. I know we talk about Embiid and Giannis, but those two are the other two in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the Suns have no one to stop them. Instead, they have an aging point guard... I mean, two of the best scores on the planet. Devin Booker was unreal in that series. Yeah, he tried to make up for the lack of yeah. bench from the, the Suns. Probably the, only, probably the worst bench performance in a playoff series years. Oh, in it was awful. The, the only reason they were even in that series is because Booker shot like 80% from the floor in two, for two games. Yep. And Kevin Durant was pretty close. Right, he was like right behind him. Kevin Durant was doing yep. Kevin Durant things. Those two games in Phoenix are the only reason this game wasn't a sweep. Yeah. The, season, the series wasn't a sweep because mm-hmm. Devin Booker was on one. Um, so, I mean, it's and Kevin Durant was also fantastic. I'd say Devin Booker has ascended into superstardom, for sure. I think and so. And that these two are, I mean, they're two of the 15 best players in the world, and that always gives them a chance. But Jamal Murray is back. The Nuggets are a cohesive unit, and, and Jokic just feels like the all-world cog in the middle of it. That... that he is the best player on the floor, no matter who they're playing or what time it is, and he's surrounded by four extremely talented, well oiled other players.
1: Uh-huh. Shout out Michael yeah. Porter Jr. MPJ, who I remember when he was drafted. Backs looking swell. Remember that when they were like, "Oh, injury concerns." Like he slid four, all to the way 14, yeah. to fourteen. Mm-hmm. That
0: was one. That was the year that the Nuggets missed the. Uh, Missed the playoffs and the Timberwolves got in. Remember they had, like, the play-in game before the play-in game because they were tied? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He he had a series also. I don't know his stats per se, no. but I know that he was, you know, instrumental in the dismantling of the so
0: Suns. That series is going to be fantastic. I, I, I mean, so this is a fun stat, Nick. They well, start tonight? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, Tuesday. Tuesday Tomorrow. night. So, yeah. I mean, as you're listening to this tonight. As you're listening to this um, tonight. So, right. the... <coughs> Excuse me. The Celtics and the Heat are playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. The This is a stat I talked to you about before. The, since the NBA merger, which is 1971, the most common conference finals um, matchups are Nuggets, Lakers, Heat, Celtics. And I think it was Lakers, Spurs, Sixers, Celtics. So it's just kind of funny. I, I never would have thought that Nuggets, Lakers, was the most common conference final matchup of all time now. Or at w- least tied for it. I wonder what that metric...
1: Looked at to pick those statistics of those teams. It was since the, the merger. Up. Yeah, it was since the merger. I know, but yeah. it's just like I still, I'm still like trying to wrap my head around like how it came up with those. It co- like so the team, like the combinations of teams. Like I understand Lakers yeah. and Celtics being there.
0: No, not Lakers, Celtics. Not co- it's. I I got you. I, oh, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Yep,
1: yep. yep. I understand those two teams being in their respective. Yep. I'm there all the time I, I, yeah the, the, that stat hurts my brain a little bit because I'm still I don't know how you can quantify that I don't know how you can put that into a number and say hey these two teams playing in the
0: conference finals in the west or like they, it makes the most sense since since the merger it's the most times that they've met four times. Okay. Since 1971. Okay. All of those matchups, it has happened four times since 1971. Oh, okay. I guess I should include that part. That would have been really yes, yeah, okay. yeah, so this is the fourth <laughs> time that both of these matchups have happened, which is tied for the most since the merger, And ride. it's the same on the East. Correct. Right, okay. It was, it was a right. list of the most common total conference final matchups okay. ever, and it's, right. both of them were on there. Okay, my, yeah. my brain hurts less. That's okay. My brain doesn't usually <laughs> function fully. Um, <laughs> no, but Lakers Nuggets
1: is going to be – I'm – really excited for that series. Not so much the East, because it still stings a little bit. Um, That's just Tatum versus but just Butler, a, and it's you like cool. You just got a root for Butler now, which is... I love
0: J-Butt, so I yeah. J-Butt. j But. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, j But. I want Jimmy Butler to uh, uh, get his extensions back. Did you see him? He was, like, just sitting there talking to people in Miami at his pop-up. Uh-huh. I think it's like a coffee shop he owns. Uh-huh. He just sat down and was casually talking to fans. He's just... I, lo- I love Jimmy Butler. But no, the 76ers had to go and... This is also... Pay the guy is, who's
1: trolling them on Instagram. This
0: is a repeat of the bubble. Uh-huh. All the way through. All, All four, four teams. teams. Yeah, four yep. Yeah. I I hope it's give almost... Give your finals prediction. Who do you think? I hope it's Heat Nuggets. Yeah? I think it's going to be Celtics Nuggets. Okay. You
1: don't think the NBA script writers are going to be like, oh, we want Lakers-Celtics and have the Lakers win. Oh, I, I mean, that wouldn't time.
0: surprise me, but I, I genuinely... Guess they're both?
1: They're both at 17 now. Yeah. And the, the Celtics have been at 17 since 2009. Right. Tatum versus LeBron. You know, if you have Tatum versus LeBron with Jalen
0: Brown in there in the mix. And Anthony, then Anthony, no, no, you're, you're right. I mean, it's a perfect year for that. It's been a while since those two have met. But I think, yeah, then the most... Parody-driven year that it's Lakers. Parody-driven years, yeah.
1: Lakers, Celtics. The, the the season that LeBron breaks Kareem's scoring record yeah. as a Laker yeah. when he was on the Lakers, and yeah. now you have them play their longest
0: rival. And then you have whoever wins is going to have Jason this. Tatum was Kobe's understudy. Yeah, he played again yeah. He he grew up idolizing the Lakers. Yeah, no, I get it.
1: That one argument against the NBA scriptwriters, though, because like you could obviously there was there was some funny meme moments yeah. with the NFL and the script this. This past NFL playoff, yeah, yeah, but like the one thing I have to say about the NBA and the quote unquote script writers yeah. is like, why would they have their quote unquote new goat in LeBron lose? What was it? Like four finals, six, six finals, seven. He lost to the Spurs once, the Mavs once. He the lost Warriors three, three times. Warriors three times, five, four times,
0: four, t- three times. Three times. One in the bubble. 15, 16. He went to 10 straight, and that doesn't count 2007. So he's lost seven. No, he has four rings. He's lost right. six. He's lost seven because he went to 10 in a row, and that doesn't count his uh, against the Spurs in 2007 with the Cavs. Oh, I forgot. But he went in 10 in a row. Yeah, so he's lost seven. He lost his Spurs twice. He's lost seven finals.
1: Yeah. Would you have your GOAT lose seven finals? Jerry West. I know, but like Jerry West, my goat. Would anyone else have (laughs) LeBron
0: James? No, the script. The (laughs) scriptwriter's thing is a funny thing, but to me, it just feels like the Nuggets. I I don't know that Jokic. Jokic is hitting. I mean, they were right there before Jamal Murray hurt himself in the bubble. Yeah, he hurt himself in the bubble, right? Or is it Uh, next season? No, it was
1: the next season. They were in the bubble, but they just lost because the Lakers were just. They had. They were there. They were there. They were healthy. They had cohesion. You know,
0: but that was like their ascending moment, cool and then film. as they're looking great, Murray goes down. Yeah, right. And then now we get a full healthy Murray back, and we see the different, and a full healthy Michael Porter Jr., and we see what they can do. It just kind of feels like they're they're building up to it, almost like a Giannis. Like I'm telling you now, two time MVP. If the Lakers start to
1: doubt him, series goes to seven games. Yeah, it's going to be because each team is evenly matched. Yeah. They don't have any injuries, and the reason. The player that I think is going to have the most impact in this series is going to be Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah, and how, how his defense will—well, and his, his scoring parity, but his defense on Jokic will determine the series, I yes. think. Yes, if, if the Lakers can shut down
1: Jokic in the interior, mm-hmm. and he can score on the opposite end, then they'll be fine. Yeah. Then they're going to make it to the finals and play whoever comes out of the East. Yeah. That's the only way, because the Nuggets have a complete roster. They yeah. have a bench. A good bench. They have a really good bench. Yeah. And they have an incredible starting five.
0: Shout out to Jeff Green, by the way. Right. Just like a random Jeff Green still playing meaningful minutes is a great thing. Um, but that's a, that's a very exciting series. Yeah. Can we talk about one more piece of NBA news, Nick? Yes. Um, we got to talk about this because yeah. so, we might be seeing the end of a career. So, so John Morant, for those of you that haven't seen, got caught in an Instagram Live. By the way, this is... It's, none of it's funny, but this is the funniest part. There was 112 people watching the Instagram Live. 112, 113 or Something so. like that. Right. Watching it was one of his buddies he's in a car with, and they're, you're, they're dancing and singing some rap music and doing all this stuff, and all of a sudden right. you just see John Morant. he's in the passenger seat, just like flash a gun. Uh-huh. So he has been suspended pending investigation. I, happened... I think the word's indefinitely, pending investigation. He's
1: been, he's been sus- suspended indefinitely from mm-hmm. team activities yep. until further notice. Yep. Is what I think it said.
0: Yeah, something like that. Because the league has to look into it. The Team has to look into it. They don't know where he and was. What only was only a on. couple
1: months after this same thing happened in a strip club was mm-hmm. the first time. Yep, where he was brandishing a handgun. Mm-hmm. That time, um, this looked like major, like he was packing major heat. Yeah, in this new in this new one, and all for 112 people from a random person that yeah. no one knows. So, um, Steve- and ja, ja had said in the regular season or so when the first incident happened, he was like, I was going through rehab, like, I'm, gonna, I'm reshaping my image, like, I'm actually going to participate and, you know, work through my
0: craft. And, and then this happened. Not only that, um, but he also said after their loss to the Lakers, which was what, three weeks ago, maybe? Yeah. He yep. was like, yeah, my antics, like what I did this year affected this team and like the outcome of this series and like where we're at. So he's admitted that he's wrong. Yep. So I, I listened to Stephen A. Smith a little bit on Get Up today, but also um, I follow him on Twitter. So he put out a little thing from his podcast, uh, no, I, whatever it's called. Um, I think it's No Mercy. No Mercy with Stephen A. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he was talking about how, basically how dumb John Morant is. Um For a couple reasons, all the money he's given up, but that Draymond Green also has come out and said that John Morant is revered around the league for his intelligence, that he is not a stupid individual, that he's intelligent, both basketball and like out of basketball. So it's not that he's dumb. It's just it's negligence at this point. It's not that he doesn't, or or that he's just oblivious to the fact that he's got this money, he's going to get all this money, it's an ego thing, that he's just oblivious that I can do whatever I want. Actually, I think Stephen A. Smith's exact words were that he's bulletproof, no pun intended. Yeah, literally. Which is what it feels like. A lot of the conversations surrounding
1: John Morant right now is bringing up, um, rightfully so, Derrick Rose, of all people, Mm -hmm. because... John Morant has all the talent in the world, and he's stayed healthy throughout his career. Too, yeah. He is fast, explosive, and like you said, Jake, intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, Another player that was like that when he was young was Derrick Rose, but from two completely different backgrounds. John Morant grew up in a stable home with two parents that are still together, by the way, went to a private school. I'm pretty sure his
0: parents are do pretty well too. Like he didn't grow up in no, poverty. No, he did not grow up in poverty. Yep. His parents are still together to this day, I believe. His dad's kid sits courtside at every game. He has,
1: you know, a sister. A yeah, brother, a younger sister. A younger
0: sister. I don't know about his other siblings. I
1: know he's a younger sister that plays ball in high school. And you know, he had a pretty you know decent life growing up, and then he somehow made his way into the league. You know, he he ha- he's an NBA superstar. And look at Derrick Rose from Englewood. Uh, Illinois, one of the worst neighborhoods in Southside Chicago you know he grew up in what in what John Morant is trying to emulate for his life now and look at Derek Rose. He had all the talent in the world until um, you know his injuries mm-hmm. you know imagine if that was different you know Derek Rose is such a nice person
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, he did a lot of stuff for and he still does a lot of stuff for the for the teams and the communities that he plays for now yeah you it's just so disheartening and maddening to see someone try and emulate and people bring up Derrick Rose for the obvious parallels for you think of it like a like a cross crossing intersection yeah it's like both people start on either end and they meet in the middle in
0: the nba yeah derrick rose best player in high school in the country john morant zero star recruit somehow they ascend into the same level of of draft stock and, and nba superstardom and Ascension and they kind of bring these teams that were sh- crap for years up to this certain level. Mm-hmm. Right. And then before it even begins, it comes crashing down. Right. You know, Derrick Rose was due to injury mm-hmm. and just,
1: you know, the game kind of changed away from him a little mm-hmm. bit. But then you have here John Morant, who's still healthy, still remains that explosiveness. I and mean, he's still young. Uh, yeah, he's what, 23? 23, 24, 25 area. I don't think he's yeah, I 25. I don't a- think he's 25 yet, but no. 24, I think he, he might be. Yeah. Um, I just, and you meet at the, you meet in the middle and they both come crashing down mm-hmm. towards where each other was going. Derek Rose has a nice life for himself. You know, he still does things for the communities, like I said, that he plays for. Who does he play for now? The He's on the, the Knicks Knick still. still. okay. Yeah, he's on the next bench. Oh, Tibbs, yeah. Um, so, you know, he does things in the community. He, do, he works with charities. He does it, you know, he, I don't want to say he does it right because that doesn't sound correct. Uh, yeah, I know you, it's... To those of you listening, I don't mean it like that. It's just like you make it. You make it, right? You he's making it. a
0: positive difference with the platform he has. Yes, even
1: when he has those setbacks. And now yeah. here's John Morant with all the potential in the world. And it's all self-inflicted setbacks. And he's and he's, he's crashing and burning, and it's so maddening to it's see. It's maddening.
0: It's sad. I mean, he cost himself $40 million probably by not playing this year as much he's as he should. He's going lose out on he endorsements. Was gonna, he was going to be an all NBA. He has a signature shoe coming out. That was another point Stephen A. Smith made, too, was that they dropped... Like, Kyrie didn't... Now, what Kyrie did wasn't right, and he said this, and you and I have talked about this, and we agree with this. What he did wasn't right, but it in no way was risking physical harm to another human being. No. It, It was not correct, but what John Morant is doing, you know, threatening a kid, a high school kid with a gun, allegedly... Brandishing um, weapons brandishing in its own. Brandishing weapons it's in like its own right. like people are
1: still trying to defend him because that's just a part of how people grow up in different areas across this country, which, is, I mean, has its own problems. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. This is a sports podcast. But what we do have to do is talk about athletes who refuse to see their status mm-hmm. and their privileges that comes with being a professional athlete. And then here you are having people defend Ja for brandishing weapons while just sitting around. Yeah. It's dangerous behavior. And the thing any it, responsible gun owner, speaking from experience here, knows how dangerous any sort of weapon can be. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you should just be showing around willy nilly just because you can. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not you a, don't have anything more to prove. Yeah. What? How are you? How tough are you trying to prove yourself to
0: be? You are an NBA superstar. He has to understand, and this doesn't just go for athletes. It goes with people with any money of that. I mean he's one of the wealthiest people he's in the 1% of the 1% with the amount of money he's set to make. Not that many people in this country even though we do all right are going to make $200 million over the next 5 years like he is set to make. Right. And that's he people of that stature with that money and and his platform are under a microscope constantly. And it's not just him that comes down like this but you have to ha- you have to be smarter than that. I know we talked about him not being dumb but at, at some point it comes down to just a, a common sense and and just accepting. You can't be oblivious to these things, and you have to. I don't want to speculate. It's just it's 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 frustrating. Right. It's maddening. Um, We're gonna let this situation yeah. play out, Jake, because there's still a lot of things that
1: have to come from the investigation by both the league, the players' association, yeah. and. The Grizzlies themselves.
0: It's just insane that it's been going on for this long, it's been and then going it doesn't stop for this
1: long. It's just continuously, you know. There's something more and more and more that's always coming out, mm-hmm. and it sucks to see. Like I'm saying in my closing remarks about this, he's a guy who's young, super talented, used to be super likable, that yep. was a role model for for children and young adolescents, young adults to emulate in their behavior, who might not even be. Athletes, yeah, you know, he was just, you know, someone who you could look up to with the way that he acted on the court, off the court. He's just having fun, like he's just living carefree, like he had made it. And then all of a sudden, here he is now. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't want to speculate because there's still, like I said, a lot of things to talk about. Um, but we do need to move on, mm-hmm. and we're gonna move on to playoff hockey. But just, it's still tough to think about what is going to happen with John Morant. So on to the NHL playoffs, Jake. It's a meme. It's yeah. going to be a meme it's no matter weird. what's happening. Yeah. And it's been really entertaining. Um, ESPN, I will say before we actually get into this, yeah. because I have a really strong opinion on this, ESPN sucks in their hockey coverage. <laughs> I hate it. I, I, I hate how they're treating a sport that isn't the NFL or the NBA. Because even with even with the MLB, they have their Sunday night baseball ticket, and that's it. And still, that broadcast sucks. <laughs> it sucks.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean ESPN's football broadcast sucked for a while too. I mean, they're they're lucky they shilled out the Brinks trucks for Joe uh, Buck, Joe Buck and Joe Troy, Buck and Troy Aikman. Aikman. Yeah, because for ever since uh, who left, who was there before them, whoever whoever did it like ten years ago was great. But then there there became a hiatus before or after. And then uh, what's his face? Joe Tessitore did it and he wasn't terrible. But like what, what they did with Jason Wynn and everything, it was There's just good. no
1: consistency no. with the ESPN uh, broadcast. And it's like, especially for hockey now, it's like yeah. they have people who, you know, they just kind of pay from their network to just kind of try and talk about NHL hockey. Whereas if you go to TNT or man, I wish NBC, I miss NBC uh, NHL playoff because those people talk about hockey. Yeah. Not try to think or like try to talk. They they talk hockey. They're not talking about hockey. They're talking hockey. Got it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know what you're saying. And I miss it because ESPN has been they've had they've had so many opportunities. There's no reason why uh, what the uh, yeah. oh, I'm blanking uh, Knights Oilers. Yeah. That game six that elimination game yeah. didn't have to be at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. No, not on a Sunday, no. Or Saturday, or whatever it whatever was. Whatever it was, yeah, no, they don't have to play it that and late. No reason why it had to be 10 o'clock. Move, ES, move Sunday Night Baseball to ESPN2. You have a second channel for a reason. Yeah. Move move, move Sunday Night Baseball, which is nowhere near the playoffs, and I forget who even played this last week because... No one cares. No one cares. Yeah. You put the NHL playoffs, which yeah. is probably the most one of the most popular playoffs. Oh, that's amazing. You move that to primetime. Yeah. Because that's what people are going to want to try. You have an investment. You made a 700 million dollar investment in the all? NHL. Is that yes. all?
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: 7 well, is that all? <laughs> yeah. Right. You make 700 million dollar investment into broadcasting the NHL for this season and for seasons beyond and you're not going to even try and put something from that investment into primetime when it matters most?
0: No. <sighs> Yeah, no, it does make any sense, especially, especially when um, Connor uh, McNot Dave hit him is what I'm going to call him now. Um, Connor McDavid is there. You go. The star of the league, right? And it's a big time game for him. And by the way, he played well.
1: For those of you that don't know hockey, Connor McDavid. Think of him in like baseball terms with like Mike Trout or Otani or Shohei Otani. Yeah. Or as like here's this guy who's in just some random team that loves being there. But is just not marketed at all by either the team that he's on or the league that he plays for. Yeah, and he's the most talented. Connor player Connor McDavid is the most years. talented player in hockey since Wayne Gretzky. Yep, you could argue Lemieux, but like they you could play, argue, yeah. Mm, yeah, but like whatever. Basically, um, he's up there with them. Yeah, 160 in talent level, right. and yeah. just you know the way he plays the game is going to change the game. Just like what Mike Trout did, just like what Steph Curry did. Oh, he's also like won his like fifth MVP. He's like twenty five, uh-huh. and he plays for the Edmonton Oilers, which is which a big is, deal for hockey. Which is fans. a very big deal for hockey fans because hockey fans know what Edmonton represents in mm-hmm. the legacy of the game in the NHL. Risky, yep. But for those of you that don't know hockey, you wouldn't even know this guy exists because the NHL refuses either A, to market their player, and when they are now invested in by ESPN, ESPN doesn't choose to broadcast their Superstars game yeah, until crazy. 10 o'clock at night. Yep. I don't care that they were two West Coast teams. Edmonton, sure, whatever, fine. In I guess, yeah. Edmonton's kind of West, but like not really. It's like Central Canada. Yeah. Like, it's West adjacent. Know. And now it's just like you have an entire country of Canada who doesn't have a single playoff team left now. The Maple Classic. Leafs, the Maple Leafs got out. Um, and Oilers. The Oilers, and I think weren't the the Jets in the playoffs at one point?
0: Yeah, they lost to the Stars. In the they lost oh, the no, not the lost Stars. To the, they lost they the first they first. lost the Wild in the, first the Wild final? played the Stars or something. They were in the playoffs. They had Winnipeg. They had
1: Edmonton, and they had Toronto in the playoffs. And now all three of them are out. And you had an elimination game for an entire country's team. You could say, I mean, think about it. If you're, yeah, they haven't won. If a cup you're in, Canada, yeah. right. Your your team hasn't won a cup since uh, it was
0: actually actually pretty recent. It was a, no, it's like the 90s. No, it's it been was. like 30 years since Canada won a cup. No, Montreal just won it like a couple of years ago. No, they were in the Stanley Cup. Oh, that's right. But they lost to the. They lost uh, to Lightning. They lost, yeah, and they only made it because it was COVID. And they played, like, a bunch of teams in their area. They didn't actually play, like, a true playoff schedule. Yeah. They just happened to come out of, like, Canada. Because they had, like, a Canada region. So Montreal... And then they won a series against... Right.
1: Montreal lost in 2021. I was mistaken there. Yeah. Um, But
0: it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating, but we have other things to talk about. Yep. Uh... A little more about hockey. Uh, Kraken Stars Game 7 is tonight, I believe, Monday? Yes. So by the time you hear this, you know the result. I hope it's the Kraken. The idea of a Kraken... I mean, the Stars are great, too, and Jake Ottinger is a beast. I just... It'd be cool if it's Kraken Knights and that, like, the NHL's crushing expansion and they're doing it the right way. Um, Fuck you, MLB. Yeah. And then Hurricanes-Panthers is just hilarious to think about.
1: Recent, quote-unquote, expansion team. If the
0: Panthers win and it's, like, Panthers-Kraken... Like, that's just it, – it's a funny concept to think of that that's – It is. It's like it, – yeah, it's it's just a wild thought.
1: Right. And we talked about parity earlier with the NBA. And throughout season one of Up in the Air, we talked about parity in leagues and how it just – it's so – like, even in college, like, it's just so prevalent now. Mm-hmm. But you look at the NBA and you, you want to say that stat one more time for the teams that are in the conference finals?
0: Oh, like how often they've met? How often they've met? That There's only been that four times is the most in the last 50 years. Right. Yeah.
1: That is technically non-parody because it's just you have teams that you should expect to be there that are there. Yeah, just playing other teams. They're just playing other teams that are expected to be there, and yep. they're also there. But with the NHL, it's different. They're actually showing parody for some reason, and it's nice. Yep. It's fun. Like you said, Kraken, Panthers. Best jerseys in sports. Uh, you know, Kraken... The uh, Hurricanes, you know, Golden Knights, Panthers. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Kraken Golden Knights. The good, Golden I mean, Knights have been there before, though. They were in the Stanley Cup Finals their first sure. But they lost. But they lost. So they, they have not chance.
0: I don't think uh, the Hurricanes are the only team remaining, I think, that have won a cup. Maybe the Stars won one a while ago with Joe Madano. Yes, the Stars won in the nineties, I think, like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, but still, I mean, like it's right teams before that, right before Detroit. It's teams that haven't won cups in twenty years, if they've won any at all. Forever. I mean, the, the Hurricanes' right. last one was two thousand six. Um, they've been competitive these last few years, but they haven't been back to a cup and like really went for a cup no, in a while. Carolina hockey was not prevalent until yeah. at least like two years ago until the Stalls. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So uh, hockey's gonna be exciting. We'll talk. I'm sure by this time next week, when we record again, we'll have a pretty good idea of what what's gonna, what's shaking we could out. We can kind of have a pretty good guess in yep. both playoff leagues, I guess you could say,
1: and how things are going to turn mm-hmm. out. You know, by this time next week, you know there'll be three or four games in each conference finals in the NBA. There will be, you know, we'll we'll know the same for the East and West in hockey. Um, so we're gonna keep updates on that. Um while we, let's see, we're, we're at 42 minutes now, Jake. And mm-hmm. what I think we should do is save the playoff talk for next episode because, like you said.
0: Yeah, it's all be, speculation at this it's point. It's all
1: speculation at this point. We don't want to assume. We don't want to guess. I want to see stats. I want to see wanna numbers. Assume. Well, you can assume all you want. Okay. I would like to see stats. I would like to see analytics. I would like to see you know more concrete evidence of how these playoffs are going to um, play out. Because, you know, seeing Jack Eichel smile for once, that's a scary sight. And who knows if he's gonna do it again um, in the in the
0: Western finals. So He will. He he you know what? He'll win a cup this year, Nick. Just that's, just because that'll be And then Aaron Rodgers will win a Super Bowl. Sabres next. <laughs> Sabres are
1: up next. Alright, Jake, to finish out the first episode of season two here, we're gonna okay. of course talk about the NFL. Because why not? NFL's king, Nick. NFL is king in America, anyway. Uh, and in my life. And in... Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Good to know. Yep. Um, so... Schedule release. Yes. It's a huge day on the calendar. I mean, they have a schedule, release date, release date, where they're like, hey, today, we will release... The, we'll, it'll do it. We'll Because we've April.
1: known what teams each team is going to play. <laughs> they know
0: every year because it's a rotating door. Right. Yep. And you know that's
1: that's released months prior. Yeah. But we don't know actually when they're going to play, where, or like where in the schedule yep. they're going to play. Like we know home and away, but like we don't know
0: where they'll be where broadcasted. Broadcast Primetime, not prime time. Right. So that was officially released the other day, last yep. week. So we'll talk about our teams a little bit, Nick, and then sure. we'll get into some the other
1: bears. You know, some other an, cool The matchups. Bears had an incredible, um, incredible schedule release video. Basically, it was they had Seth Rollins from the WWE as a head chef. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, both new players and, you know, current players yep. and alumni. They Seth were Seth Rollins. They were, I know, Seth Rollins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were on a, a food line. And they were, the chef was like, you know, uh, we have orders coming up. And uh, it was just like regional foods that people were trying to order at a Chicago restaurant. And like, Got it.
0: Based on who they are going to play. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So it was like, uh, for like the Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was like, uh, can I get a bratwurst with cheese on it? And Justin Fields was like, who the fuck puts cheese on a brat? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I've loved what social media has done to some of these. It's great. Annie Agar was in it. That's like a name that
1: a lot of you probably won't know. I don't know who she's that like. Is. She's like an NFL like commentator, influencer, analyst. She that she, almost made sense. She just I know she doesn't make <laughs> sense either. She tries to she makes like hot takes on Twitter okay. and because she's like conventionally attractive woman, blonde uh-huh. hair. People just like go crazy because she like talks about the NFL, Auga. right? That <laughs> sort of thing. She was like, and I, she's from Detroit and she's a Lions fan. She was like, "Can I have a hot dog with ketchup?" And Seth Rollins was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. No, um, but
0: uh, yeah. So the Jets also Jake. Oh wait, by the way, they have uh, a lot of uh, catch, Hot dog with ketchup. Yeah. Uh, you're a psychopath if you eat a hot dog with just ketchup. I want that. No. I need ketchup and mustard. Okay. If you have both. And it's okay. relish. I like relish. No, if you load it up, it's different. But if you're just like, give me a hot dog with just ketchup, you're a psychopath and you should be an insane asylum. Yeah. That's it. That's my yeah. take of the day.
1: No, I agree. Yeah. That's like an upstate New York thing, though. Like, yeah, you'd be surprised.
0: You're either five years old
1: or you're a crazy person. There's right. no in between. Like, upstate New York, like, we put both. Ketchup and mustard. I I fuck with onion, just mustard, onion and dill pickle. I
0: fuck up. I fuck. So with do I. Just so mustard, I. relish and onion. I don't. Yeah. I don't fuck with ketchup like that. But if you have some mustard on there, or even if you have relish or onions and some ketchup, I can give you a little bit of a slide because mustard isn't for everybody. But like if you're doing just ketchup, grow up.
1: Well, think of all the like incredible like hot dog brands that are just in upstate New York. Schweigels. Schweigels in Syracuse, Hoffman in Rochester. Yep. Um, uh, Salins in Buffalo. You know, there's, there's
0: just a lot of hot dogs. A lot of glizzies flying around A lot of glizzies slinging meat. That explains my preferences. Um, <coughs> um, But, yeah, so the, the Jets have a lot of primetime games, like, early the, on. The Bears have four. The Jets have, have six. S- yes. And then also a couple, like, prime slot, like, 425 games. Yeah. So they'll be on, like, nationally televised. Do the Jets have any, like, to-be-determined dates? Only week 18, because everything's de- to-be-determined. Yeah. For determined some reason,
1: the week 15, I'm looking at the Bears' schedule here. And the Week 15 game at Cleveland is to be determined for some reason. That's weird. I'm like, well, if you think about it, Cleveland should try and have a good season this year. I doubt they're going to because their division is just a gauntlet. But I don't know why that game, Uh, a random Week 15 game in Cleveland is going to be to be determined. Just put it at 1 o'clock.
0: So the Jets start off, and they release a really sick video for this. Um, prior to the actual release, I think it was the day before or the morning of. They start off Monday Night Football at home against the Bills. So J- Aaron Rodgers' Jets debut will be Monday Night against the powerhouse Bills in in MetLife. In MetLife, yeah. They showed like the video, all the clips of them beating the Bills at MetLife last year, and like this whole thing. It's on 9/11. Oh it's wow. On September 11th. Oh wow! Yeah, like it's oh gonna my be. Oh god! A, yeah. So it's gonna be a huge spectacle. Um, so the beginning of their schedule is kind of a gauntlet again. Um, then they play in Dallas, 425, so Rodgers versus McCarthy, which will be must-watch TV as always. Uh-huh. Um, week three, home against New England. They haven't beat New England since 2016, so that's depressing. And then s- another one of the prime games, Sunday night, week four, Sunday, October 1st against the Chiefs. And if you had told me six months ago that the Jets would be playing a Sunday night football game, which, by the way, Nick, they haven't played a Sunday night football game since 2012, I think. Some thirteen, something like that. It's been a very long time that their first Sunday night football game would be against the Chiefs at home. I would have told you you were crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Um, And then they play in Denver and home against Philly. So that's their first six games. So there's a chance the Jets go two and four, three and three. I I don't want to panic because they play a lot of. I want you to give me a real. I
1: want you to give me a
0: realistic win loss. I think ten and seven is good. Ten and seven. I think they play a tough schedule, right? I mean, they play the AFC. So the AFC East and the NFC East have the eight toughest schedules in the league uh-huh. combined. Yep. Um, because the AFC East plays each other as yes. well as the NFC East and the AFC West. I don't know who the NFC East plays out of the AFC, out of the uh, NFC this year, I but I want to say it's the West. The
1: I'm looking at the Bears
0: schedule here. Are they playing anyone in the NFC East? No. Just Washington, just Washington. So I think I think the NFC East plays the A- the NFC West, which would make sense.
1: The NFC North plays yep. the AFC West this year, as right. well as the uh, NFC South. Yeah.
0: So so the Jets have to play. The Chiefs, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, which, by the way, they're away for the Giants. So they have, they technically have 10 home games, because they, they have 9 home games, Typically, and then one of yes. their road games is at okay. their home stadium.
1: Right, and they get to keep their locker room and everything. Correct. So, yeah.
0: They play a Monday night game in November against the Chargers, followed up by a Sunday night game in Las Vegas, um, and then they play at home against Miami mm-hmm. on Black Friday for the first ever Black Friday game on Prime Video, and then they also have a Thursday night game, Week 17, against Cleveland. Yeah. Um, it. It's funny. A lot of their other primetime games, most of them are home. I mean, they the primetime Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Dolphins, all at home. And that's the other thing is a lot of their really tough opponents they're playing at home. Their road games. I mean, Denver's not an easy place to play, but and they'll be different under Peyton. But that's interesting. So say that yeah. again. The Jets primetime games are at home. At most of them are at home. They have six. Four of them are at home, and the ones they play at home are Buffalo. Um, Kansas City, San Diego, and Miami. And then they play primetime on the road against Las Vegas and Cleveland.
1: The Bears, on the other hand, <coughs> off of first overall pick, you know, worst record in, in the NFL last season, completely retooled offseason. Yep. A lot of hype. They signed Darnell Wright today. They did sign Darnell Wright and um, a couple other of their rookies. Um, realistically, looking at this schedule, seven wins makes sense. Um, they open up at home versus Green Bay, so the Jordan Love experiment mm. starts mm. in Chicago. It's either
0: going to make your life, or you're just going to be the most. And that's a That's a
1: four yeah. twenty-five at Fox, so that's like Kevin Burkhart. That's you could technically call that like nationally
0: televised, not
1: prime time, but
0: no, it's the same thing. The Jets have a bunch of four twenty-five games, also. Yeah, um, so those are ones that will be mostly nationally televised, the, America's Game of the Week or whatever. The Bears have a couple more primetime games than I expected them to, but
1: like I said, realistically, seven wins would be cool for this team. It's still rebuilding. They have a lot to look forward to next year, a lot of draft picks, the second most draft capital next year, $92 million. Um, but seven wins is realistic. I mean, they open up in Green Bay. They're at Tampa Bay. Um, they, I could totally see that being 2 and all. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, kind of like last year. But then they go to Kansas City week three. That's definitely a loss. Yep. Um, they're home against Denver, which is kind of a toss-up. I mean, yeah. they, they've never really done well against uh, any Sean Payton team. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, so, uh, if they can open up a season two and two,
0: sure. It's also fine. They're also, like, a perfect, like, Thursday night team. Right. Because... They're fun and ascending, and you don't know how good they'll be, but the Thursday night games don't always have to be the best games. No. So it's kind of like a safe primetime where it's either like, it's a toss-up where it's like, well, if it doesn't hit, it's a Thursday, but if it hits, the ratings jump for a Thursday. The
1: Bears get a primetime game against, um, just like they're running it back like last season, except this time they have a Thursday night uh, Amazon Prime video in Washington. Instead of at home. Instead of at home. Oh, also, Jake, before we end this, we got to talk about Washington because that sale is done. Dan Snyder is no more. Oh, yeah. Dan Snyder is no more. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, They're home against Minnesota. That's probably a loss. They're home against Las Vegas. That's a toss-up, but I would say that's probably a loss. They have Sunday Night Football against the Chargers. That one, I think, is going to be close. Closer than people think, but I could also see a loss. Then they're in New Orleans. That's probably going to be a win, I'm thinking. I'm hoping because um, I might be at that game. Wink, wink. Um, then they're home against Carolina, Thursday night football. Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Justin Fields. Yeah, no, that's great marketing. That's going to be great marketing. Yeah, um, um, a lot, a lot to look forward to. And then they close out their season in Green Bay,
0: classic, classic, always. Yeah, the Jets close out with New England, like always. Um, yeah, start with Buffalo, end with New England, never fails. Yeah, Green Bay bookends. I, I think, I um, think, I think the Jets. I, I think ten and seven is reasonable. Because I, I think they'll split with all their divisional teams Although I think they're good enough to beat the Patriots Twice, but if we're talking about splitting them, which I think They're good enough to do They'll beat Cleveland, they'll beat Washington They'll beat Houston, they'll beat Atlanta I, I believe they should beat the Raiders um, And then, you know, they win a couple of those tough They're going to beat a couple of tough opponents, hopefully and all they have to do is really beat one or two of those tough, you know, the Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs, Chargers, and then that's 10-7. and seven.
1: I would like to see the Bears split with all their uh, divisional opponents. I don't think that's going to happen, especially with Detroit. I think Detroit's the only one where I can see the the, uh, the Bears losing both. Um, but I feel like they could both they could win both against Green Bay. Not even trying to be biased there. Green Bay is in trouble. Yep. Um, but and I think they're probably going to split with Minnesota this year.
0: Speaking of Detroit, Nick, you know we'll talk. We, we're going to talk about the Jets and Bears extensively going forward as all we always do. Yep. The Lions just on other like notable um, schedule release news. The Lions are the opening day game against the Chiefs. The NFL is like, you know what we want to start our season? Lions Chiefs. I think I don't know if you and I talked about this specifically. I think it was us. But like raising a banner in front of the Lions is just not right. Yeah, we texted about this when yeah. the schedule was <laughs> yeah. going out. It's, it's like not right. Raising,
1: raising a Super Bowl victory in front of the Lions who've actually never even been there. Yeah. Is just hilarious. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny concept. It's in Arrowhead, of course. And I mean the Chiefs get it feels like every single Important game that the Chiefs get is always in Arrowhead, Not except the for Jets. the Jets for some reason. Like the bit, like the Bills are going back there again. Yep. It's like one of one the Chiefs going to get to Buffalo?
0: Didn't they play in Buffalo this year?
1: No, the past year? No, no, that was in Arrowhead. Interesting. The Bills won that game. Yeah, I don't know. I just work here. Oh. <laughs> but it's like besides the Jets of yeah. all teams. No offense. Yeah. The Chiefs always get those important primetime home games. Yeah, I mean, I get it; they're the Super Bowl champions. But
0: um, I don't know. Other notable games throughout the season: New Year's Eve, Chiefs Bengals. That'll be awesome. Black Friday, talk about that. Jets Dolphins. Oh, right. Um, what are the Thanksgiving matchups this year? I didn't see that. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Lions
1: Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, um, but like,
0: who are they playing? I didn't see
1: Thanksgiving game. Here we go. Yeah, Google, uh, Google. Uh, let's see. Packers,
0: Lions, oh, okay. 49ers, Seahawks, Commanders, Cowboys. Arf. Okay. Seahawks, Niners will be cool, probably. Packers, Lions might be okay. Yeah, it might um, be
1: okay. The Packers are in Detroit, obviously, and then the Commanders are in. And games.
0: then what were the Christmas Day games? I know Eagles, Giants is kind of like Christmas. Christmas Day games, but I think that's a triple header again, isn't it? I believe it is. They're trying I think to, the Chiefs and Raiders are playing game on game. Christmas again. Yep. Chiefs, Raiders, Giants, Eagles, Ravens, Niners ravens Niners. Niners get another holiday game. A little Harbaugh. And
1: those games are going to be instrumental too with like playoff seeding because yep. I mean the Chiefs. I mean, there's a chance the Raiders might do something stupid in Arrowhead on Christmas Day. Me. You never know. And the Ravens and 49ers. I mean, the Ravens have a shot of beating the 49ers in San Francisco. Yeah, no, those aren't
0: terrible games. Um, you know, but it's that's Week 16. Yeah, I mean, so that's a lot of these important games are on important dates. We don't really know what the Super, um, like what the really, really good games are going to be until we see how the season plays out. Right. Because there's always surprises. Um, so, those are kind of the notable ones. Obviously, we talk about our teams the most, but those are kind of the notable matchups throughout the season on important days. Yep. Yep. Um, other than that, Nick, I mean, the the Jets, just slight Jets news, Quinton Williams, Took out his uh, in his bio that he plays for the Jets. He put defensive tackle for dot 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 yeah, like twelve the, of them. The
1: last thing that he retweeted was um,
0: Dexter, uh, Dexter Lawrence getting like, his monster contract. Yeah. So this worries me slightly for a couple reasons. Um, Joe Douglas is known not to overpay players of that he do, uh, at positions that he does not value highly, and I would imagine defensive tackle is one of those. You've seen them draft and rotate defense alignments there constantly, and they're
1: rotational now. It's the,
0: not like the Aaron Donalds of the world where you can just stick him and have him play every down. Yeah, the counterpoint is is he's arguably the most disruptive defensive tackle in the NFL. He's game changing, for sure. Yeah. Uh and he was first team all pro this year. Yeah. He had twenty-eight quarterback hits and twelve sacks. Yep. That's not usually something you get from a three tech or a nose tech or whoever you want to put there, nose tackle. They lost Sheldon Rankins. Their defensive tackles are weak. Um and I had a similar take with Jamal Adams that they should have kept him at the time, but that that position is not as valuable to me. Getting after the passer and also goal line stops and stop and influencing the runs. A defensive tackle of that caliber is a lot more impactful on a game than the safety. I would argue, mm-hmm. for uh, sure. Just because he and, was he Joe Douglas's first draft pick. I don't think so. I think Joe Douglas started af- after him. They had a weird thing where. McHagnon did the draft, and then Joe Douglas took over after the draft.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So I think I think that was the Quentin Williams year. I think Zach Wilson was actually his first draft pick, or it was the other way around where he took over after Zach Wilson.
1: No, there's no way. There's no way Quentin Williams was drafted a year. He wasn't in the COVID year. He was 2019. Yeah.
0: So no, definitely he
1: definitely wasn't. Zach, Zach Wilson was 2021, right? So was COVID. No, the- Quentin Williams might have been 2020. No, he wasn't I for sure. The Joe Burrow year. Yeah. Joe Burrow was not... Quentin Williams was not drafted in 2020. I'm pretty sure he
0: was. 2019. Okay, so I was off a year, but either way... So he definitely wasn't. Um, when did Joe Douglas... When was Joe Douglas hired? Let's find out, Nick.
1: 2019.
0: So I think he was. I think he was he hired was like after the draft. Like you yeah. said. He said June seventh, two thousand nineteen. Yes. So yeah, okay, we're we're on the same track. Yep. So yeah, he didn't draft that draft class. So I don't know if he's also not attached to him. But I I, I love Quentin Williams. I would be attached to him. I, I mean, I would be too. But this, this is how Joe operates. He doesn't he doesn't overpay at positions that are replaceable by league standard. or But, but is the player replaceable? No,
1: no, I don't think so either. And I he's think he's about to be a Chicago Bear. If yeah, Joe if that's Douglas, what they say. If Joe Douglas is not careful,
0: <coughs> so listen, they'd have to trade him, or he just sits out for a year. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. I, I hope they figured out, but that was the He's only really twenty five. You b- can afford to sit out a year for a He's contract a dispute. I, they need to sign him. They need uh-huh. to pay him. They have the cap space. At, at some point, you just pay the leader of your defense and the best player on your defense, arguably, and let it ride. You don't have you have three first team All Pros on defense. Or maybe mostly the second team. You have three all-pros on your defense. You pay them and figure the rest out later. They have rotational edge rushers. They don't have rotational defensive tackles. And the reason that these rotational edge rushers are able to come in and get single single coverage, for lack of a better term, single, block assign, single man block assignments, is because Quinn Williams has taken up two people and still wrecking them. So that's my take on it.
1: All right. Well... I think that's what we're going to end on. Yes. Yeah. Episode one. Angry Jake. Jake. Angry Jake finally makes an appearance again to start off this <laughs> season two. Um, we thank you all for joining with us again, of course. We got a whole bunch of nice content planned for y'all. It's mainly talking about playoffs for now. And playoffs? Then as we go through the summer, OTAs. Um, we got, you know, Hard Knocks is going to be, you know, yeah. picked pretty soon. It could be the Jets, Jake. Oh, there's a high chance that it is. Because, just telling you
0: now, the McCaskies don't like it. They just don't. No one cares if it's the Bears. Although, the Bears might be fun.
1: What do you mean no one would care if <laughs> the be Bears?
0: What the fuck does that mean, Jacob? I, I don't know. I just wanted to give you some shit. I think the Bears might actually be fun for it. That makes the most
1: sense for it. Maybe they'll do the Texans. Maybe. That would also make sense, but they were also pretty recent. The Bears have not the Panthers? been... Panthers? Like, the Panthers would be a good pick. So who the fuck? What, what? What? was the diss of the Bears for? I don't. I don't, I don't, don't know. fucking get it. I like throwing jabs. Yeah, but like that wasn't called for. Yeah, you're was, welcome.
0: That was stupid. Yeah, I'm dumb. I don't know what. What are we talking about here?
1: I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to episode one of season two, guys. This has been Up in the Air, season two, episode one. I'm Nick. I am Jake, and we will see you all next week. Pasta la pasta. Bye.